Hey friends, welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Uh, as you can see, I have a very special guest with me today. Normally I'm doing these episodes solo, but I'm thrilled to have my good friend Rory Feek with me here on the homestead, live and in person. And uh, I'm really excited for this conversation. So welcome, Rory. Thank you for having me. Glad to be at your house again. Me too. I know. Is this the third time you've stopped by, I think? Yep. Once, uh, let's see, once at the house, once at the yep. soda fountain, yep. and again at the house. And then again at the house. So here we are. Now and it's time to work together. We hadn't done any any work. Yes. So this is kind of like work, but not kinda really. Kind of work. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like I was saying before I hit record, I don't have, normally I enter these podcasts with a really clear idea. You know, we're going to talk about this today, but I don't know. You and I have had some really interesting conversations over yeah. the years. And I feel like there's some nuggets there that we could pull out and just see where the conversation takes us. So I was thinking, so we were at HOA last November, October, something like that. And in the evening time, we were all just standing around or sitting around talking and that went really well. So I figured we yeah, just do that. I think so. Let's just do that. <laughs> I'll just recreate that. Yep. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Um, I think one of the things we actually talked about when we were at HOA is that was around the time I was talking a lot about opting out of systems because, you know, world was changing quickly and there was a lot of conversation around that. And I had been talking on the podcast and online about um, four different systems. And my longtime listeners will be, you'll be familiar with this, but um, education and food and healthcare and what was the other one? Education, <laughs> food, healthcare. Um, that's good. Oh my goodness. I, I'm wondering what the fourth one is. There were four. Anyway, there's another one. We'll think of it, but um they're real important they're very important so important that they, we'll, we'll they edit it so it. that yes. you can go to education <laughs> yeah and then when you get there you should just cut that just, part out we'll cut it out um but how have you on your homestead and i've really watched your homestead grow even just since i've known you it's mm -hmm. really blossomed and i think your, your vision has expanded how have you opted out of just some of the traditional systems and what you're doing well the first thing is is um i i think i've opted out system by system without like purposely doing it. In some ways I just began to um, research and try and find out a little bit more about certain things. And I just heading down a road and next thing you know, you realize that, that you've, you've either opted out or you're dangerously close. Yeah. And um, so for me, it has been food. Uh, we've, we've gone from being, a farm that we live on to a farm that's fully alive, um, growing lots of our own food and um, and also you know, there's a whole other thing, uh, you know, growing people and dreams and all those other yeah. things. Um, education, we built our own schoolhouse, and so uh, opting out and sort of rewriting what we want education to be. We, we are not trying to find the answer for everyone. We're only trying to find the answer for ourselves and hopefully the community. Um, We'd kind of already done it on the healthcare side. My wife was, she was a big essential oils person and she, she just always believed, well, we should just take care of ourselves and only really need the sort of the medical side for things that you can't do on your own. And so we've, we've been doing that for a long time and we have a family doctor who just, <clears throat> you know, he basically, he doesn't really prescribe anything, but, you know, um, choices yep. mostly. Yep. And so we've been thinking that way for quite a while. And then, so some of the other things we've, uh, I haven't really uh, laid them out the way that, that you have, uh, but like entertainment is one 
for me. Um, and I say that because it's my industry. Actually, I'm from the entertainment industry. And so it's actually the leisure industry. And, and, and so as I've kind of come to understand what it is that I do for a living and what it provides for people, because I'm, I came from a songwriting and music background and now film and television. Um, it has money. That's the other one. <laughs> money. Thank you, Kayla. That's a good yep, one. That's, that's good. Well, I can't wait to talk about that because I've definitely opted out of that. Because um, yeah, we don't, that we're not easy. making any. Yep, we're yep, not making any. Not, is that how opting out works? That's it. Yeah, you just don't do it anymore. Um, <laughs> you don't have to pay taxes when you don't make any either. So um, on the entertainment side, we uh, we've been opting out little by little, which is which is just to say, um, I love in uh, Wendell Berry's book, um, uh, The Unsettling of America. I think it's in some other ones. He he talks about the crisis of character, and he talks about how you know we basically come to a place in the world and in society, especially in American society, where we sort of have two things that we do. I think it's just eating and entertaining, you know, and being entertained, actually just leisure and food. And they're all taken care of for us. There's a whole industry that their whole job is to entertain you. So you don't have to. And I, and for me, that's a little um, convicting because it's like, wait a minute, that is kind of my job to entertain you. So you don't have to. And I think there are some good things about it and some not so good things. So we have been kind of reimagining entertainment for people. Like mm-hmm. like what we do, what I create, I'm reimagining it so that it has, hopefully it has uh, more purpose and hope and helpfulness and all that stuff in it. And then also on our own side, we, we don't really want to be entertained at every, you know, there's a yeah. million things. I don't want to be entertained all the time. I don't want to be, I don't want the answer to every question at my fingertips. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to maintain a relationship with, a thousand people at once. I don't want to be contact like all of that sort of stuff. It's the unplugging. So yes, that's a long version of yeah, my... but a lot of pieces. And I I love that part of unsettling of America. I think I highlighted it like five different ways. Yeah, me too. it really stuck out to me. Just the idea of this over specialization and yeah. this you have to stay in your lane and you're not allowed to look out and and think any thoughts about anything that's not your specialty. Yeah. And it's supposed to make our lives better. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be like everybody sort of has their thing that they're really great at. And we all work together as a team and it makes, it makes the world better and makes our lives better. And <clears throat> he says, yeah. we should be the happiest people that ever lived. And instead, we're the most anxiety filled, anxious, depressed, yes. panic attack, sad, gen- you know, people that have, have ever yes. lived. And I, I do believe that's probably the case. And um, so, yeah, it makes you really stop and think about why. Absolutely. And I, I think I, I even quoted that part in my, in my manuscript, my book that I've been working on, um, really diving into this, this paradox of modernity, of we have everything that all our ancestors ever wanted. Mm-hmm. We have the easier lives. We have climate control. We have all the food and all the ease. And yet we are so miserable. And I think there's a really compelling place to kind of dig in deeper and kind of figure out what's going on. Yeah. And and Wendell talks a lot about how, um, even though it seems like that's what we should be longing for, it's kind of, it's human, I guess, that it removes, it removes our hands and our, you know, our, our, 
our responsibility from all of it. And so we go through, we go through a whole day and we've created nothing of our own. And we go through a whole week and a whole year and, and we really don't have any responsibility for any of the things in our life. And so like what you're teaching and what you're writing about, I think that's sort of the wonderful thing is you can't really poke holes in it because it's going to, it's going to make your life better. It just, it's going to make mine better. Um, Even though it's going to, sometimes it's going to make it harder and less convenient. Better does not mean easier. And for some reason we've, we've all been sold this idea that better means easier, faster. Um, You know, it takes less time and less energy. And, you know, I, I don't really, want a four-hour work week. Yeah. I mean, I right. read the book. It seemed like right. a really good idea, but after I've spent time with it, it's like, I don't actually think that's the goal. Not for me. No. And I, when I read that book, it stuck out. I think the one thing I remember is he was talking about how hard it is when you finally get to that point and you have the four hours. He's like, people kind of have a meltdown because they don't know what to do with all the extra yeah. time. And he was giving strategies on how to work through it. But my thought was, I would totally have a meltdown, number one. And I don't know if, yeah, four hours is, I need more than four hours yeah. to just to keep me I think operating. If, if it were me, I think if I, I think the idea is they've sort of subbed out everything else Yeah. so that you have people helping you from other countries and doing all these small tasks and all this stuff so that you only have four hours of time. My guess is if that were the case and it was running so well, I would, I would create another whole bunch yeah. and I yeah. do another four hour life yes. or career or whatever it happens to be. And I, you know, I, I don't think it'd make me happier. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I think we need that element of healthy struggle and hard and yeah. that keeps us most mm-hmm. healthy as humans. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit more about your idea of reimagining the entertainment, because honestly, when I read that part in Wendell Berry's book, I was like, yeah, yeah, those entertainers. And then I never thought of it from, you know, people who, who outsource the entertainment. And I'm like, but you are yeah. are an entertainer. And I didn't yeah. ever think of it from that angle. So how are you, how do you, um, how do you think through that? Well, I mean, that, that is an interesting, so entertainment does not just mean like music and television, you know, entertainment just basically means everything. I mean, everything that we do to me, it seems like it's everything that we do that we grasp for that can take us away from our lives, mm-hmm. you know, which is golf, um, sports, watching football, going there, there's a million things that take us away. Um, and so all of it is entertainment. You know, it's, it's the games on your phone. If you play game, it's, it's everything sort of has turned into distraction and entertainment is what's really good at entertainment just means their business, I think is, is doing that. And, um, so for me being a songwriter, and then my wife and I being singers, and then I've made television and film and things like that. You start to realize that I, I've got, I've had a big conflict for a long time because it feels like what I'm doing in, in particular, when you're filmmaking or you're making, um, you know, you, whether it's YouTube videos and stories or television series and episodes, you're asking people for time, which is basically yes. what your podcast is. Yeah. Um, Whatever it is that we're doing and we're making, we're asking people, It's inter- this is entertainment. I mean, it yeah. really, even though it's learning, it's also entertainment. It's distraction from other things. And so uh, it took me a little while to understand the responsibility that comes with that. And 
it used to be on my side, it just felt like, oh, well, our job is to get the, if it's a song, have success so you can get as many three minutes of as many millions of people at a time. And then you can make the most money from the song that you have. It's a big success. Um, but over time, you start to realize that what gets the most attention is the stuff uh, most of the time that isn't good for us. Yes. It's it's the videos that mean nothing and do nothing, but you just you can't help but watch or the train wrecks in front of you yes. that it's all the clickbait and a million other things. And so on the creative side, the way that I've been re trying to reimagine it is first thing is, do I have to make things that require people's time? That's that's a tough one because yeah. it requires time. Um, and if I do, um, we started a uh, like a sort of a film company a couple of years ago and our our um, our like motto or whatever it's called content with a conscience and so the idea is is it getting clicks or getting views is is a really sad for me it's it's a sad uh, way to to tell whether you're being successful or not because you, if you want them, I mean, for me, like if I'm making something, if I want the most clicks, I probably just need to have Indiana in it. Yeah. Or I need to do something really, really dumb or shocking. Like all of those things will. So, you, yes. And so for me, it's like, I don't want the most views. I really want to make something that could be helpful. Yeah. You know? And so as long as I follow my conscience and feel like, this means something to me and it matters. And I'm then I take a responsibility for if I made something that's three minutes long or 13 minutes long and I'm sharing it, I'd like to think that it could make somebody else's world a little bit better. So that's that's one way. And then on the other side, it's it's just constantly removing those distractions from our lives, from my yeah. family's life, and kind of reimagining the the whole idea of. Um, the things that used to keep me busy, I'm not really interested in most of those. I don't really want, I mean, all the way around. It's like I'm this last year, I sold our really nice King Ranch truck in our Suburban. And now all I have is a 1954 Oldsmobile that we drive uh, at. And the reason is, is that I I want to experience the climate that I I want to remember, you know, I'm at yeah. a season in my life where it's like, I don't want to be able to necessarily just run from my house into a car that's perfectly warm in the winter time. And it's, and I don't even have to think about where I'm going. I can go anywhere I want. Instead now it's just created a, a, a different experience for me where it's like now me and Indiana have two blankets we keep in there all the time just yeah. because it's really, really cold and it's not going to warm up to where like 10 or 15 minutes down the road, it's not going to warm up that much. And then, um, and it's really hard, you know, I don't have power steering or anything. So it makes me think twice about, do you want to go meet someone for dinner in cool Springs or wherever it happens to be? I don't know if I do actually, yeah. or do we want to go, you know, do we want to go, you know, look at books or go to the park or something? And so part of that decision was, the idea of community and I want to be in the community. And so I wanted, that was just a choice that I said, 
one way for me to be in the community more is to make it harder for me to leave. That is interesting. Yeah. It's, and yeah. it's not for everybody. Sure. And it's, and I'm not even saying that it's going to, I mean, I might go home and change directions, yeah. but I've done it for the like last seven or eight months okay. and it's been, it's made my life a little bit richer. Yeah. And so I, there's a bunch of those kind of choices. Like I went to a flip phone a few years ago and I can't do texting and I, all those sort of things. Um, in an effort to, to um, go back in time because I forget, like even driving here, I was, I don't have GPS. So I had to get on a computer last night. I had to write out directions manually, you know, write out. And then when I was going through Denver on the way here, it said, I got to get off on 76 and then get on 25 and 25 never came. It was like, yeah. well, there's no 25 North. Well, and then I saw 25 South and I kept driving. I'm headed somewhere East. And then I turned around and there's still no North. Yeah. And so I finally had to go like, what do you do? What did we do yeah, before? I know, I know. And it was, uh, so I finally, uh, I have a, a Rand McNally in, in the car, but I ended up just saying, well, you know, back in the old days, I would just get off and turn right, keep going until I hit a big road and then try and work right. my way. And it took a little bit of time, but for some reason, life feels a little bit better, at least yeah. for, for me right now, just trying to simplify. Um, and all of it is, you know, it's, it all can be sort of entertainment and distraction and stuff too. So plus my, you know, my little girl's paying attention to what I'm doing yeah. and, and it's hard for me and it's harder for her yeah. because kids, kids are so much more in tune to like, it's, it, everything is like, you know, sweet candy for them. Yeah. You know, it's like, she's learned recently what Coke is Coca-Cola. Oh yeah. She's never, she didn't have yeah. a Coke until like a year ago. And now um, she's had a, a couple of things. And so she's even while we're driving here, she goes, Papa, guess what my favorite, she said, this is her way of, she's even smarter than she, she wouldn't just say, what's my favorite drink. Yeah. She would say, Papa, what's your favorite drink? Uh -huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cause she's getting to hers. Well, my favorite drink is Coke. Yeah. Papa. I love Coke. And she just like, lets it linger right there yeah. for a while. Um, and you know what? It's really, really good. You know, that first drink or two or whatever yeah. it is, but it, you know, and I, she's too young to understand, but it's not really, really good for us. Yeah. So in moderation here and there, you know, it's, it's, it's a process. Yeah. And the entertainment isn't wrong in and of itself. There's, it's not there's, wrong. There's nothing it, wrong with it. It's just, no. it's too much. When it's too much, it's all we eat. It's all we consume. Yeah. It's not, it's not good. And, and yeah. it is what's happened now is like, it used to be entertainment had its places. It was, you know, a long, long time ago, it might have been, uh, you know, where entertainment was sitting on the porch with neighbors. And that's really what you had. And then you could listen to the radio and there were radio programs and your family gathered around. And in the 50s, 60s, you were gathered around a television set in yes. the evening. And there was particular times. Now it's, you know, now it's you're in the grocery store. And, you know, in that seven minutes where you're just sort of waiting and they're scanning all your stuff. You're catching up on everything else that you have. Yeah. We have so much more coming at us now than anyone has ever had before. So it's not that it's bad. It's that it can be very, very, very bad for us. And yes. I think we just have to become conscious of it and aware. And that's why I love what, you know, what a lot of homesteaders are doing and what you're doing and like writing your book is trying to just help people become aware. Cause I think most of us are just running through life going, why am I unhappy? Yes. Why aren't I happier? Why am I unfulfilled? And I think you and I know better than some 
why we're not as happy right. sometimes. I came across a quote the other day, I think it was Joseph Campbell, and he said, I'm going to butcher it, but something like, I don't think people are searching for um, the meaning of life as much as they're searching for the feeling of being alive. Mm. And I feel like definitely when I heard that, I'm like, that's in essence why we started homesteading. And I didn't know it, but mm. there's something that when you're out in the garden and you're sweating or you have your fingers in the soil, you feel uh, uh, more, you're more aware, you're more yeah. awake. And I think even when you're driving your old car with blankets, it, yeah. it makes you more aware. You have to be more present. Um, or I've, I've been thinking a lot about GPS lately because I yeah. use GPS like crazy. Yeah. And we were at a basketball tournament a couple months ago and I had relied on my GPS. I didn't even know where I was in the city. I didn't know what direction it was. I didn't have any idea, no bearing. And my phone battery was dying. And I thought, if I don't find a charger, I have no idea. I don't even have a clue how to get out of the city. Right. No idea. And I thought... I don't, I don't like that feeling of how dependent and how mindless I was. Not that GPS is a sin, not that GPS no, is wrong, not, not, but it's like it's, it's, it's seductive and how it, it creeps in and we lose our sensibility. We lose our, the pieces that make us kind of human. Well, yeah, we, we also, we don't have any sense of direction. We don't need a sense of direction. Okay. And that's, that's more, you know, more profound than just the idea of we, we're not, we don't have any sense right. of direction. That's one of that's deeper. one of the yeah. things uh, I when I did that. I'm like everybody else, just like whenever you're going somewhere, you just you know you you just punch somebody's name and it just take you there. Um, and then then all of a sudden I was like, my friend's having a cookout at his house. Him and his children are. I've been to his house ten times, but I didn't know how to get there. Yeah. And yeah. he's only like 15 minutes away, and he's in our town. But I didn't know how to get there. And then I, so I called him first. And I was like, how do you get to your house? And he tells me. And I just kind of panicked because it was like, I'm not writing it down. And I haven't used my memory in so yeah. long. You yeah. forget how to use your memory. It's yes. not just in GPS. You start to, it starts to show up in every way. You, um, you know, you have experiences. You meet people and things. Everything starts to run together and nothing matters anymore. And if you start, if you start, um, practicing, you know, needing or having to use your memory. Now you start to get a sense of direction where people are and what your community is and, yeah. and what, you know, how everything is related to everything. And then it also seems like it, it, um, it makes you again, a little more alive. You start to think you, you savor the experiences that you have in a different way, because it isn't like, Oh, we were just together and now I'm on the phone, you know, or yes. I'm, you know, I'm doing something yes. else and it's so much coming at us that it, it's overstimulation. Yeah, absolutely. What has it been like? Cause how long have you been with your flip phone? I've been with the flip phone for three and a half years where that's all I've had and yeah. all I've carried, but a year, a little over a year ago, I, I deleted, um, tech. I used to, the only different, the big difference was I didn't have GPS or anything for the last three years, but what I had was on the computer, I had, um, I could get uh, text messages and stuff. So when oh, I sit okay. down, I could still communicate with everybody else. Yeah. The big, the big difference was when text messaging went away, uh, that was probably the game changer. Then people really started getting disappointed in me okay. all over the place. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they have to communicate differently and they don't really want to talk on the phone. They don't really want to bother you mm -hmm. and, you know, and all those kinds of things. And and also my life got a little bit better. So it's been yeah. it's been a year with no texting whatsoever, and it's been about three and a half years, which is the flip phone. 
I think about it all the time because there's been so many times I've been tempted to just to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, but I can't because I have online businesses. And, and then I'm like, but Rory did it. And he has a lot of things well, going And too. everybody says that. It's like you, you, I mean, almost everybody, I'll be with a group of men at porch time or something. Someone will see my flip phone and they'll go, oh man, that, that right there, yeah. that's the dream. That's just what I want to <laughs> yeah. do. And I was like, and if they don't realize it's like, well, just go ahead and do it. And, yeah. and what's been interesting for me, I mean, I want to encourage you because I really feel like um, I feel like I'm becoming more productive and a better businessman and better, more creative and everything else. Little by little, once you get past that, that you can't do it all the way you did it before, I've strangely become uh, way better at all that stuff. And it's, it's, there's not been a negative. The only negative is, is now and then there's not, you know, instant communication and, you know, like, like you can't do something that maybe, you know, uh, so we had Kevin Costner at our event. Mm -hmm. And so while I'm driving here, we just made this little video and, and they've invited me to come to the set of oh, Yellowstone. Goodness, so cool. And so I was going to text this video, which I don't have the video. I got to yeah. get to a hotel tonight to get the video on the computer and then yeah. I've got to send it. And then I was going to send it to Kevin's agent. And I was going to remind him that I'm on my way to Montana. So if you really meant it, yep. I'm so actually going to be coming. out there. I'm gonna, <laughs> but if you don't mean it, that's okay. Yeah. Or it doesn't work out. But today while I'm driving, it'd be like, it'd be really easy if I could just text him, but I can't. Yeah. And in, you know, and even that it's like, well, you're not supposed to, it's like, so what it takes a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, and I was, I read something the other day um, and this was in the sort of Joseph Campbell story world. Um, and, and it's this idea that in, in the sense of story, what, what makes a great story is we all have this sort of call to adventure inside of us. I mean, we, I think we do, you know, in some versions, and I, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's a thing that stops. Like when, when that adventure, adventure, whatever it happens to be, that call that maybe made you come out here, you know, when, when that gets sort of fulfilled, it just keeps calling and calling and calling and calling. And I think it does. Yeah. But <clears throat> what's been interesting to me, because I was thinking about it just the last couple of days, this call to adventure that's inside of us. And I have an incredible call to adventure inside yeah. of me right now. And so one of the things is, is I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in going a whole other direct, a whole other step. So it's like I have Facebook and Instagram and things like that, but I don't really use them. But I'd really love, like, I really want to go black, sort of completely dark on everything, okay. which feels like the opposite to a call of an adventure. You know, it's like, oh, so you're going to go into into darkness, into yeah. the abyss, and like nothing's <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Yeah. But strangely, a, a, for me, a call to adventure means like sort of like, but what would happen if I got a flip phone? How would I handle all of these yes. things and all this stuff? That it's like a backwards call to adventure. It's like homesteading, um, like it's almost like moving to Alaska where you can't get anything. Yes, but you're just making a choice, and it seems like maybe the adventure is going to stop. But inherently, I think you and I know. Oh no, oh no! It'll keep going. It's another it's, adventure. It's a, whole it's a different adventure. one, and it's actually a rare one because most of us can't do those things. Most of yeah. us just can't get the courage to do that. That's a big adventure. It's a I big mean, adventure. And I think some of the best ones are when you're going so opposite of the cultural. Yeah. Like that's the best. That's the best. It, it feels like a non-adventure. Yeah. No, the adventure would be 
you know, let's whatever name it that everybody would want to do. But this is the opposite of an adventure, which is probably a pretty awesome adventure. (laughs) So like you're talking like no social. Well, yeah. I mean, I will talk off off grid a little bit about, yeah, Yeah, I'm talking about like, cause I'm not a, so I'm not, I don't do social anyway, but I'm, I'm. You still have considerable platforms. uh, Yeah, I do have platforms, but I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, uh, you and I were both just part of this divergence. uh, Yes. Uh, series you there was an episode on you all in your story mm-hmm. and our story and the the idea of this you know two paths diverged in wood and, and you take you take the you know I've chosen the one less traveled and it's made all the difference and I think I'm very very interested in the road less traveled and as you, you it's really easy to look around at like the road we're all on and so I'm questioning, is there business models that don't look anything like that? That feels like the same thing. It's like, it's a, it's a call to adventure because it just feels like how in the world would that work? Yeah. Um, so I think it's those kinds of things of like trying to reimagine how could you reach an audience and impact and encourage people without being, you know, uh, for me, I'm not very political and I, I don't, I'm not a big business guy or anything else, but I do know, like, I love making stories and sharing videos, but I don't really love that in order for me to make any money, you have to set through, you know, some, you know, some crazy commercials that I wouldn't right. want you to have to set through and yeah. just all these sort of things where I just, you feel like you're, you're part of a company's business and they're really just taking advantage yeah. of everything that you do, they can care less about it other yeah. than you've got a big following or something. So I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to reimagine what else could we do? Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Opting out of the opting out. Like you're just, yeah. you're just, yeah. Just continue opting. Yeah. Opt- and I don't, I actually don't think, you know, I like your idea of opting out, but I actually feel like there's something powerful about this concept of like opting in because yeah. Because where you're going actually is is incredible. It just feels like because culturally you're opting out of what Mm -hmm. everybody else is doing. But I think think it's really more exciting. For me, it's exciting to think about having the nerve or the courage to go where your gut kind of tells you you should go. It's like, this is the right thing. I don't know how it's going to work, but it feels right. That feels like, it feels like when you... Um, through your life when you do no i'm I'm going to choose my family yeah. in some situations like there's no way that's not a right choice right. for you. You might have right. missed out on some business opportunity, but I'm going to choose my marriage or or whatever. It feels like that kind of thing where mm-hmm. you know it's filled with goodness. you don't know how it's going to work out, but you know yeah. it's the right thing yeah, absolutely that's good. Hey friends, I want to interrupt this episode for just a sec to answer a question that a lot of you have been asking me lately, and that is. Do I still love my Harvest Guard reusable canning lids? So last year I did a video about these lids and it kind of went viral and we ended up creating a backlog of orders for the Harvest Guard company. So it was kind of crazy, but as a result, a lot of you watched that video and were curious to know if I still like these lids all these months later. And my answer is yes, I absolutely do. Uh, I love that I can buy them once. I don't have to rebuy them constantly, which Right now in this world of crazy, unforeseen shortages of materials, that's a huge bonus. 
Also, the sustainable part of me just really likes the fact that something isn't going into the garbage every single time I open a jar of home canned food. I will say my one caveat with these lids is that they do have a little bit of a learning curve. So I would recommend that you can your first batch with water. And if you wanna see the whole process of how they work, because they're a little bit different than your typical metal lids, I'm gonna drop a link to that video where I showed you how to use them down in the show notes of this video. But if you wanna try them for canning season this year, you can do so over at theprairiehomestead.com slash canning lids. And if you use code homestead, you'll save 15% on your order. Now, back to our episode. Let's talk about divergence. Let's talk about divergence. Yeah. I loved, <laughs> I loved your, first off, I loved your episode. Um, I loved your episode and, and your story and all the things. Um, if people haven't seen it, you, you should definitely see see your story. It's, it's really beautiful. Thank you. It was, I just watched yours yesterday. It was, it was awesome. Like, yeah, it was special. Yeah, he, it, Ben Roberts and Justin, they've just done a great job of creating, Justin's done a great job of creating the concept and and then Ben has done a really good job of executing it yes. really, really well. And what I love about it is like, they're not, you know, yours is not a homesteading story. Yeah. Mine's not a homesteading story. It's like, yeah. there's really no homesteading going. I mean, there is, right. but, but not, not really, a, it's not it's really what it's about. Yeah. Just as I kind of have this feeling that, you know, homesteading is really not about homesteading. Right. It's really, it's, really it's much bigger than that. Yes. And that's what, I don't know, that's where I feel like I'm being called in my platforms lately. I mean, I always have the homestead foundation, yeah. but I'm really like, where else, where's the deeper concepts? How, how can we take this to a broader, not just a broader audience and mark in terms of marketing, like not even that, but how can it apply to bigger principles and bigger ideas? Because I feel like the gardens was, and the chickens were just the beginning. I was just kind of like the outer shell of how important these concepts are and how they can really develop us. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about Ben is he's like, yeah, yeah, homestead's cool, but like, where's, where's the root? Where's the excitement yeah. in this story? Yeah. Yeah. Especially as I get here, your mother just walked in the door. I, right I know. After me. <laughs> and it was like, I met your sister <laughs> yeah. and now your mother. And I was like, oh, I, I love, I love yeah. it. I love the way, you know, it's life is so complicated and beautiful. It's such a big, beautiful mess. And, yeah. you know, I happen to live on a farm, we have a hundred acres and we have my sister Marcy and her family on one side and my sister Candy and her family. And a lot of what I've talked about a lot is, is this idea of, um, you know, there's the reimagining, you know, health and education mm-hmm. and food and stuff. But really what we're trying to do on a larger scale is reimagine family. Yeah. And it's mostly because we kind of grew up in trailer parks and just a very difficult um, childhood, but we watched the Waltons and Little House on the Prairie and things from the seventies that spoke to our hearts, even though they were imaginary shows, you know, that were meant to pull heartstrings and all that stuff they did. And what they did was they gave us a sense of there, there feels like there could be more than what we have. And so they just helped us over time to move towards something better than what we've known. And so now that we're all together, it's like we, we get the opportunity to go from the idea of family all being together and maybe working together and dreaming together and homesteading together and businesses and all that stuff to actually doing it. And that's, that's a big muddy mess, which I'm super excited about because It's the really good stuff. You know, you yes. don't, I don't want to homestead alone. 
I don't want to live life alone. Like I, I want to, when my time is done, I hope that I, there's people around me that I've somehow been part of planting more than just seeds in the garden, planting seeds in the hearts of people around us and their lives are somehow a little bit better or brighter or filled with more hope. And so my yeah. family being close by, that's that's been really fun for me. Not always easy, but, sure. but it's going really well. Yeah. It's always, a, whenever we're at your house, I think it's just a fun dynamic to have yeah. just the, the crew. They're just, they're fun to hang out with and they're just yeah. neat people. And it's it's cool to see how they keep the place running. Just a neat. It's, a neat it's really neat. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's fun for me because I bought our farmhouse in 1999 and it was just this rundown old house and, um, you know, a couple of sort of fallen down barns. And I'm in awe of what God has done, what he's created there and what he's still creating and what's happening. And then now all of our family, we've got friends in the schoolhouse. And yeah. and it's really, really fun for me to be part of a story that I, you know, I didn't, I didn't make it up. I didn't write like yeah. I'm part of it. They're part of it. We're part of it, you know, in, on a farm that was here long before of us, before us that they were part of it. And um, it's exciting. How would you, this is the topic that I, it's newer for me, the idea of community, because when we first moved here, we were kind of hermits. Like I just kept my head down and I had babies and Christian was working like 90 hours a week. So we did not engage in our community at all. And then about three years ago, we started going, you know, I think it's time to, to invest here. And you've done that really well. And I notice a lot of homesteaders around me are starting to go, maybe I should look at my community. Yeah. How did you start that? Because you, you have your restaurants and you have such a cool structure of people around you. How did you start cultivating that? Well, it started right next to the kind of what you guys are doing right next to the farmhouse. Probably let's see, in 2007, my wife, Joey, my sister, Marcy and I were all sitting at the kitchen table. And Marcy had, you know, she I think she uh, she got pregnant and quit school in ninth grade. And so she's had a rough road her whole life and she's waited tables and just, you know, never really um, found her calling. And then my wife wanted to be uh, a singer. And so that wasn't going well. And so we sat at the table that day and Marcy brought up that there was this empty general store down the road that uh, maybe we should all consider putting in a restaurant. Of course, we'd never done it before, but it's a, it's a long story. I had actually thought of it before and, so for Marcy to bring that up and then Joey was at a place where she was willing to try. Um, my feeling about it was I had lived there. That was in 2007. So I'd lived in the far at the farm for seven years. Joey had lived there for five years. We'd been married. And I'd come to realize that my whole community was still in Nashville, which is 45 miles away. And I grieved over all of my friends on Music Row and the songwriting community and the music community. Now I live down here and I didn't know anybody. And because, because the culture, the world is so different than it used to be, where are you going to meet them? In line at Walmart? You know, you, you don't yeah. really have places too much to meet them. And so we thought, well, one thing that could come out of it is maybe we, if we open this little restaurant, we would meet some neighbors. Okay. And we might be able to feel like we're part of a community. We weren't very good at like going door to door and just saying hi. Yeah. We couldn't do that. We, we didn't feel comfortable doing that. But that's what happened pretty soon. We met neighbors. 
and then those neighbors met neighbors and it that little step transformed not just the community but it transformed our lives and our lives got richer because we met all these people around us and it felt like we weren't just living and doing life on our own we were part of a larger community and then over time i guess about three or four years ago um we live in actually technically in Colombia, which is about uh, 12, 13 miles uh, west of us is the actual town. We're on the very outskirts of the county, but we're part of it. But we've never been part of it. We're kind of stuck in between a bunch of towns. So we kind of feel like townless, communityless in that yeah. sense. But about three or four years ago, um, I felt a change going on within the community, within the town. I, I could see that it was starting to be revitalized on the square. I met a couple of guys who opened a coffee shop who just felt like they were they were trying to breathe new life into into our community. <clears throat> and so little by little, I started pouring in more time and, and more energy and, and friendships and stuff. And then we ended up opening another restaurant there in town right on the square and then another building nearby and really just investing time and energy and it has been absolutely transformative yeah. like it's incredible it, yeah that has been the neatest thing for me is we lived there a long time and it was it was good and it was fine but we weren't part of a community and we, we were kind of a little we were starting to be part of our small community but then we got to be part of larger not not a great big community but you know the, the area that we're in and um that has made a real difference in my life, my family's life, and in the lives around us. It's it's been really neat, <clears throat> but it's it's a conscious effort yeah. to say, I want to. And I know for you guys, when you when you bought this the soda fountain, it's like I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if anybody wants us to be yeah. here. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be friends with neighbors. I don't know if it's going to. But that's the point: is you start to realize that it's like the 40 hour work week. It's like, I could just, I could just a four hour work week where it's like, I could just make it so that I have all the time in the world. And if you, if you homestead and you do it really, really well, and you're, everything's running really great at home. I think it's human to just still feel a little bit empty and totally. community yeah. starts to really help. I think. And I think, um, maybe in the homesteading community, I know we, we focus, we say a lot of things like self-sufficiency and self-reliance. And I think it's easy to get so focused on the home and the homestead, which are beautiful places yeah. that we sometimes, I know I forgot about the richness and it has, I know for us, like you said, it's been incredibly rich Yeah. and you know, getting to know people and Chugwater is a quirky little place, but yeah. we've had found the best relationships there. And I mean, sometimes they're hard and sometimes yeah. you work through thing, bumps in the road, but um, yeah, it's been really worthwhile. It's been good. Well, the other thing about like self-sufficiency that I've learned over time, I started to realize, okay, so I, I have a tractor in my barn and I've got a bush hog and my neighbor, Rich, has a tractor in his barn and a bush hog. And I've got a big, and I've got all the tools. I've also got all the woodworking stuff and he's got all the woodworking stuff. Yeah. And so does that neighbor. And so does that neighbor. And I started to just realize it seems like Home Depot and everybody is trying to basically yeah. keep, you know, they want us to have everything and do everything. And as we become more self-sufficient, I started to realize that's not necessarily the best thing. So now as a community, 
when we bought all of our chicken processing stuff and we built a room, I've been going around to all my neighbors and saying, don't buy it. Yeah. Come use ours. Yeah. And, and then my neighbors, you know, uh, one of my neighbors, Ted, uh, just bought a big, um, a big skid steer with a grinder, which we would normally have to, um, we would have to rent, you know, anything like that. And so a lot of our neighbors are all thinking this way. It's like, I'll buy this. Why don't you buy the trailer? And then that way, anytime you need it, use it and we use it here. And so just the other day, like we have in one of our old barns, we have a a lift, uh, like a car lift that's been there, but we can't use it because the uh, the concrete when I bought it, it, it it's been cracked, mm-hmm. so it's not safe. So it's been there for a long time, unusable, and it just wouldn't make. We're not going to change enough oil you know, in vehicles to make it really worth doing all that. But I called my brother-in-law. We've been talking about recently. It's like, why don't we get together with the neighbors and say, what if we what if everybody pitched in and we replaced the concrete right there and maybe it's just a couple hundred dollars a piece yeah. and now they all have a shop to go to and it, it something about it just feels better. It's like, what's mine? What is my blessing should be your blessing. Yeah. But you have to be willing, you know, like it, that's really hard. We are, we're a culture of like, it's mine and you might mess it up yes. and all those kind of things, but it's been fun. It's made our lives richer and yeah. makes us all be together and, and that's part of like self-sufficiency community-wide means the community is self-sufficient. Yes. So that's yes. different than like, well, maybe we, we could all, we could all be more sufficient together rather than sometimes on the homesteading. It's like, I'm just going to do this all by myself here. Absolutely. And I, I've been reading, I love to read accounts of old time, like the mm-hmm. real homesteaders yeah. and, when you read their accounts, they were very social. Like a yeah. lot of them were extremely social and they would go to great lengths. You know, I think about how many times when we, when we have plans and I'm like, I, I, just, I just don't like to like going out tonight. So you, yeah. know, you call it off because it's just been a long day, but they were traveling 10 miles, 20 miles just to go to a barn dance after they've been working outside all day. Cause they maybe, I don't know if they, I mean, they knew the importance of community, maybe not consciously, but they knew they needed that. Yeah. They didn't, you know, they weren't looking at the science behind it, but they knew that it was really important. And so I think, I've had a couple of people say, I don't know why you bought the soda fountain. It's not, it has nothing to do with homesteading. I'm like, it has everything to do with homesteading. Yeah, that community is. investment is, yeah. is 100% homesteading. I think so. It's just, it's difficult because even like, I love reading all those things too, but I think one of the differences is all of those families on all of those farms and all those homes and stuff. At the end of the day, they're all basically sitting on their porches and the yeah. light's going to go off and and they're they're longing for community. They might have some community, but it's it's a big deal. And now it's just a big pain in the butt yeah. to go all the way there. It's because we have so many other options. Yes. It's like, well, I have you know, this new show's on Netflix. Yeah. I could just stay home yeah. and probably be more entertained. We've just forgotten what those things are like. So what it actually has to have happen to be successful is more people have to unplug a little bit more and they'll long for it um so yeah or but sometimes just start on your own so we have a concert hall at the farm and that's kind of one of the things we try and do with it is we'll have a square dance there very much like yeah it's like it's it's is it work it's work it and all those kinds of things but it feels like it makes our life a little bit richer to try and create opportunities to be together. And, um, you know, it's, it's the way it was done for a long time. And I feel mm-hmm. like maybe it was, it's 
better than. I think so. Have you read the book Bowling Alone? Bowling Alone? Yeah. No. Um, it's it's a investigation into the decrease in community involvement in America because we used to have a lot of civic involvement, you know, Lions Club and bowling leagues, and it just tanked. And so this, I think he's a doctor, hmm. professor, he went and started researching what happens and he pinpointed it down. He had all these factors and he's like, it really kind of wasn't this. It was maybe a little bit this, but he couldn't find the one thing. And he kind of, the biggest um, tipping point was the television set. Yeah. And he's like, when that came and really hit the scene, people stopped going out in the evenings and they stayed in and it, and it just has, you know, nosedived since then. So I think, yeah, right along the lines of what you were saying is yeah. that conscious choice to, you know, go out after you eat supper or go out for supper and see people. And it's harder sometimes, but it's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, and now it's so complicated because turning off the TV is, it used to be, if you, if you said, well, we don't have a TV in our house, it meant something. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, it doesn't really mean anything because TV is yeah. a million things. Yes. It's a million things. It's harder. And I don't think it's any accident that it's harder. It's not that I think that there's some big conspiracy. Um, you know, there might be. I think the conspiracy is basically how do we get all of your time so that yes. we can advertise to you yeah. more and get you to buy. And that's just the whole thing. It's like I, I don't want to be a consumer anymore. Like yes. I want to. I want to figure out can I live on less? Yeah. I, and not because I'm out of money. I mean, maybe we we're out of money. But it just feels like I'm just questioning all those things. Yeah. And so a lot of like, I don't want to be advertised to yeah. for a bunch of stuff. I, I don't I don't need more. I want to think about whether I really need things. And if I don't get my my act together, my, ch my children have no chance. Yeah. So yeah. just working on those things. Yeah. Oh, and another thing I was going to say, we're, it's a long story, but when I get to talk to you about the, the channel stuff that we're yes. working on yes. and the entertainment part of it, I like the idea that at some point, if we ever had our own platform, <clears throat> you know, your own platform, that's kind of like a YouTube or your own channel where you, people are watching, how do you get, a, how do you handle this idea of, but they still are, instead of them watching, you know, somebody else and something yeah. else, what's to say yours, what yours is better. Yours is right. just different. Well, I really love the idea um, uh, on, on top of, you know, hopefully it's, it's stuff that's maybe makes your life a little richer in general. But I also like the idea that you could insert um, in ads, but ads are a little bit more like this. Thanks for watching. Don't be afraid to turn this off and go spend yeah. time with your family. Yeah. Like just this whole idea of consciousness yeah. within the the uh, technology and the stuff that we have, which feels very like, it feels like it doesn't make sense to do that. Why would you tell people to you know, to turn off the thing that they're, to, to stop doing the thing that right. you're doing. And I think it's because, you know, because you care about them. Yes. You know, and I wouldn't hurt my feelings that I'd be tickled if someone said, yeah, said, uh, that's great. Um, now close the book yeah. and go spend time with your family. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be good. That would be good. And maybe yeah. that's just the opposite direction that we need where everything is tailored to capture and hold our attention. Maybe that would be jarring enough that, it would yeah. get a hold of people. I like yeah. that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So what's next? You, I just you just had your big festival, and we, I, I've been yeah. wanting the so the good. download I would, on the. I watched I all the videos, and I was so jealous. I'm like, you did this to yourself, Jill. 
he asked you to come and you didn't go. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect for you too. You would have, oh, you would have really, really loved it. Oh, yeah. It was so wonderful yeah. in so many ways. First off, our team has never, we've never done anything like that before. We've been part of some homesteading events there, mm -hmm. but nothing like this. It was yeah. so much bigger, so much more beautiful and harder and all those things. But on the other side of it, when, when it was happening, we, as soon as it started happening, we was like, oh, uh oh, this is a really, this is bigger than we thought. Mm -hmm. And also it was like, oh goodness, this is way better than we thought. Because yeah. our hope was, like, if you have your property here and you think about, okay, we, we do this on this portion of the property and this on this portion, and maybe we have cows out here, but what is it all, you know, what's it for? What's our yeah. time for? What's our space for? What's our place for? And so we've always had, not always, but the last uh, five or six years, we've had 50 acres or something that we just, we don't know what it's for. Mm. And when the idea of doing this came along, we thought, well, maybe that whole back entrance, maybe that whole back area is supposed to be an entrance and have its own address. And maybe it's a festival and Maybe that big, huge hay field, which we don't need that much hay. Maybe it's supposed to be filled with cars. Mm. And what we do in the concert hall, which is to have an hour and a half of like impactful time in an evening together. What if that could spread all over the place where people are learning and, and being encouraged? And so when that happened, it just felt like a light bulb went out and all of us went, oh, no, no, no. This is what like this is what we were born for. Yeah. This is what the farm is supposed to okay. be. And we, this was the first time we'd done it. So um, even though we made a few mistakes and we could have done it better, we did really, really well for our first time. So I think everyone's excited about the future of it. And uh, and I'm just encouraged on my end, just where it's going to go. And, and that it's also, <clears throat> it's so good. It's so good just to, um, I'm always, I, you know this about me. One of my struggles is, I don't really want it to be about me. Yeah. And um, when when you're the face or the the teller of the stories, it has an inherent way of being a lot about you. Mm -hmm. But I'm always looking for opportunities to where it can be about something more than me. And I'm just I'm just a champion. You know, I'm a part of the story. And this was one of those things that just lined up awesome. so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have to come. Next I know I, I will not be writing a book next year. So uh, June, it is... June 2nd and 3rd. Okay. You yeah, have, have to your come. Dates. I, yeah, we have our dates. Right, it's on the calendar. Okay, You're the first on... one on the calendar for 2023. Good, good. So. I, I want you to be part of it. I yeah. think you'd be a blessing to people. And it would be fun, I think, for you to come and and see what's become of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So we did the festival. Now I'm headed to Montana. Indiana and I spend a month or so out there every summer. And that is that's a time frame for me. My end of year is now. So mm -hmm. I, the last five or six years, I, I, my calendar year goes till June. And then in July, we, we spend it out in Montana and I take the first week, first couple of weeks and kind of review the year and think about what all has transpired and what uh, substantial, you know, what, what have we just wasted our time on or what mm -hmm. I wish I could have done better and then start planning for the, the next year. And so we'll be doing that over the next month. And then really outside of that, you know, I've, I'm trying to um, 
be real thoughtful about the direction that we're going on the storytelling route and what the big picture of, of all of it is. Mm-hmm. And so we've been working on a, um, an over-the-top network, its own channel and app and all that stuff. So we've been working on that since about October, November. And it's it's coming along really well. It's called the Homestead Channel. So if it is meant to be, you know, maybe by about October, that will launch. Okay. If it's not meant to be, um, you'll still be wondering around. People will be going, well, what ever happened with that? <laughs> but um, that's probably the biggest thing we're working on is this whole this whole kind of ecosystem where everything could live differently. Yes. Everything that is different could live differently and, and you could maybe reimagine it's not just entertainment, you could reimagine the experience of you know, it's like your website. You you've done a really good job on yours. Um, but mine I came from this music world where Joey and I had a musician website. Mm. And then now all these years later, it's still kind of like I'm a singer, come here this is where my music is. Yeah. And then if you want to come to a concert, but I don't feel like I'm that anymore. And so it always feels kind of icky. And so I we're kind of reimagining what all that could be and where we're going and, and also the content and the stories that we're making. So oh, it's okay. exciting. I'm excited. Yeah. We're going to slow down. Yeah. That's what I say. All no, no, I'm, no, I mean, are you really going to slow down? Yeah, we're going to slow down. Okay. But what I mean by that is, is that uh, the number one thing that we're going to do is all the con the content and the stories that we're making is like, this this channel the concept is is like live streams here oh okay. not not television okay. shows not yeah. series not programs live right. streams here okay and one of the things do you know what slow tv is have i talked to you about slow tv maybe well it's it's so the the idea is, is we've we've begun making some things which i'll show you yeah uh, if we have a little time before yeah. we have to head out um it's just the idea that what if what if stories in television or your experience of like watching something could be different than what you think it is. Okay. And so for me, it's, it's sort of reimagining that. So when I say we're going to slow down, we're going to slow down. Okay. It doesn't mean that we're, we're going to be less um, ambitious in the things that we're doing, but what I'd really like to do is slow down um, the speed at which storytelling and stuff is coming at you so that mm. it feels a little bit more like maybe if you were experiencing story, um, it feels a little bit more like you, the way you live story. It's yeah. not moving at you yeah. the speed of light, the way that television stuff does. So I that's like that my idea. slowing down. Okay. I see what you mean now. I, Cause I, I'm always saying like, I'm going to slow down next month and you know, I never got this, but I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I can say I'm going to slow down, yeah. but it doesn't mean I'm but not. It doesn't mean I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I can slow down, but not necessarily like that. Not like that. Um, but I think, again, that's the, going in the opposite. And I think there's something to that of where it's cult, like you said, it's, everything's clickbait and everything's like the attention span of a goldfish. And it's just like yeah. always assaulting you to, to say, no, we're going to do it different. I think that's exciting. So I'll show you while I've been here, I've been capturing, we've been gone five days, something like that. And so from loading the little school bus that we're in, to just the next sort of step, uh, you know, like the next sort of substantial, whether it's driving or whatever the things that we're doing, going the place that we've gone, we've been capturing them in sort of like one to two minute to three minute little things where nothing's happening. Okay. Except for everything. Yeah. And so when you put those things together with the right music and the right feeling, it, it, it 
it's a slower experience of life, but it adds up to something that feels incredibly profound yes. because we're used to things moving so quickly. Yeah. So I'm experimenting with that okay. in a lot of different ways. I like it. It reminds me of the slow food movement, yeah. which is like slow. Which is like crockpot stuff. Well, just know the idea of like where we had fast food yeah. and then slow food is like sourdough bread and sour, yeah. things that are yeah, fermenting and you have to wait for it and it, the waiting makes it better and it makes it more valuable. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's that. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this concept of, of that and and maybe storytelling in a different way. What about you? What's what's future look like? Um, well, this book, this but book. that's what it's a ways out. Like I was telling you. So, how, how long out? I mean, it'll publish October 2023. Okay, so that's like over a year. Then just you know, if, traditional if, publishing. If, if the editor call, ever if she writes, calls you back, we'll re- write you <laughs> no, back. I think she will. She's supposed to. <laughs> She's probably so flabbergasted. I know, or she something. can't find she can't find all the adjectives or the words yeah, to describe yeah. how moved she is. Yeah. Or that or Christian, Christian was being on the debate. He's like he's probably she's probably trying to figure out how to tell you it's absolutely horrible. He was joking, of course. But yeah. um, so I was just telling Rory for those of you who are, I was telling before we hit record, um, I submitted my first draft of the manuscript like a month ago. And so when you do that, you send it to your editor and then it's their turn to read it. I haven't heard anything back, which she has a lot of books, you know, she's not, mine is not her only book. So I'm just being a little dramatic and checking my email every two hours, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so that comes out next fall. Next fall. Okay. Um, I don't know. And then in between that, I don't know. I really, we're kind of rethinking some of our business stuff, getting a little more organized, weeding out the things that aren't working, the systems that aren't working. And I've kind of been doing that for almost a year now. I kind of, well, I quit doing regular YouTubes. I quit doing regular newsletters and I just kind of pulled back and reevaluated. And I'm just, I'm ready to kind of emerge with a new plan hmm. of more intentional content creation, less frenetic content creation. So yeah. that's kind of my next. Frenetic can't be a good path. It, it's not a good frenetic. path. It doesn't work. <laughs> frenetic doesn't work can't I've tried it. Yeah. Not so great. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. So good. it's refinement, I think, is this next stage at like, we had a lot of growth and now I just want to get really strategic and intentional with what we're doing. Well, that's exciting. Well, it's really yeah. nice to be back at your place again. Yes. It's neat. Indiana's eight now and she's playing with your kiddos. Yep. And, and good to be here. I, I watched your, the documentary piece <clears throat> that um, Ben and Justin yes. made and, and I'm kind of thankful I'm not here in January or whenever that was, oh that gosh. was, that, that was, was the coldest two days of the entire winter. It, it, <laughs> It was the coldest so cold. two days I've ever seen on film. It just looked so cold. Um, but uh, I, in, in another way, it just felt like you have a gift up here of, you know, some experiences that people don't have, which is just what that does to the family unit and to community and things like that. You guys have to yeah. suffer hardships that we, you know, we just don't, you know, we have like a lot of yeah. humidity and yeah. so we're sweating. So you know, most of the culture is just in flip flops and yes. tank tops or something. Yeah. Um, but yours is yours is you know we we could fry we could freeze to death on the way to Cheyenne. Yes. If we're not you, careful, you can. If you, you can. run off the road, yeah. you could. And your freeze animals to death. could all die. And, yes. You know all that sort of stuff. So Which, I think it's wonderful. Your place yeah. is beautiful here. Thank you. Now people ask why we when I when they see that on video or they hear us talk about it, I'm like, why do you live there? And I mean that's a good question. Fair. I think it's it goes back to that doing it the hard way, sometimes it just makes us feel more alive. There's something, maybe it's a little yeah. sick and twisted, but like when you go outside and it's really cold, it's not fun, but then you come back into the fire and the soup and it's cozy and 
don't know. There's just something about the struggle. I think that we crave as humans. I think we need that. And there's the reality is, is that we'll always find other places. I don't know if you're this way, but when you go somewhere, you Joey and I, when we'd go out to Montana in the summers or Wyoming, we would, we'd spend time. Of course we were in Jackson hole. So there would be places like that where you're, you're out there and we would get messed up every single time because we would think, I wonder if, and then you, you'd be there a couple of days and you just come to the realization like, no, 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 it's the trade-off. It would be wonderful. There were a bunch of things that we loved about it, but you would lose so many things. Same thing. When you go to the beach every once in a while, you just be like, wow, this feels like, how much closer to God could you be than like just the waves coming in and just certain, certain times and places that you go, but it costs too much. And so mm-hmm. we've learned, or at least I'm trying to learn to like, and Wendell Berry talks about this a lot, power of place. Yes, It's not just choosing, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, that old adage is like, it's location, location, location. Yeah. And it isn't that you have to choose the right location. It's that you have to choose to live in the location yes. you chose. Yes. Most people are all thinking, man, if I was only here or there, or if I had more land or or whatever it happened to be. And I think one of the keys is that we just have to choose to live, to truly, truly live where we're living. Yes. And and you'll find happiness. So it's like, it doesn't matter if it's colder here, more humid there, whatever it happens to be, your place will turn into an incredible place if you choose to live there. Yes. To really live Oh there. man, I couldn't agree more. I, I don't think I've, I've said this publicly, but about two or three, or maybe it was three years ago, we were, we were ready to move to Montana. We had a realtor. He'd come to look at this place. We had ranches picked out, big, pretty ranches and gorgeous parts of Montana. And we were ready. We were looking. We even drove up to Sheridan, look, uh, Sheridan Wyoming and looked around there. Um, and then not too long after that, I don't know, it just nothing kind of felt exciting. So we just decided to press pause. The soda fountain idea came up. And obviously we chose to stay here, but it was when, that's when we got super invested here. And when we put that focus on where we are living, instead of looking outward, things got even better here. That's great. And, and people now it's funny on Instagram will be like, I want to live in Chugwater. And yeah. I'm like, cool. But it was just because we invested here. And it's yeah. just because you can make any place, no matter where you live, yeah. special and rich and uh, amazing. If you just choose to not look outward. So. Yeah. I really do think so. I mean, I think you can make it. It's not even just that it's it's just in your mind. Like you've yeah. somehow gone to a happy place. Yeah. I actually think it turns into a happy place. And so. it turns into, it also has a way um, of being, it's um, it's contagious. It's contagious. Yes. Like for the first couple of years I was at our farm, I had made a terrible, terrible mistake buying this old farmhouse. Yeah. And then even when Joey came along and we were living there, it still felt like, man, I, I could have, there were so many other better choices that yeah. I could have made. But somewhere along the line, when we decided to really, really live there, and that maybe it wasn't a mistake, it was a real gift, and that this could turn into something, it began to turn into something. And then now, all these years later, it's like people are coming out of the woodwork, you know, buying all over around, not just our farm, but the whole area. It's like, the community that I was in, I was like, this is the worst place in the world. Yeah. What, what am I doing here? Now people are like, they, they just, it's the most charming, beautiful yeah. place, but you have to believe it's charming and you beautiful. Do. And then it just becomes that way. Yes. 
You have to see it before it. You have to see it to believe it. Yeah. You have to believe it to see it. That's what it is. Yes. You have to believe it to see it. And it happens. So it does. Well, that was that was a good place to end it. I think it came kind of full circle. So. Well, thank you again for Thanks doing for this. Having I've been you. wanting to have you on forever and we finally made it happen. I haven't well. got to listen to a new podcast. I'm going to listen to this one. Okay. You should listen to this. <laughs> I probably won't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't listen. I don't watch anything that I do. I can't bear it. I don't either. I don't listen. I mean, there's very few of my own episodes. Yeah. When people are like, I listen to every single one. I'm like, oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like you had to listen to me for that long. <laughs> I, I, yeah, for me, it's usually, it's like, yeah. oh, I, I think Justin yeah. Rhodes, I did an uh, interview with Justin uh, or when I was that last fall or something. And so he sent the podcast and I started, I just pushed play. I think I got about 30 seconds. Like, no, yeah, no. No, no. <laughs> I don't know why I said yeah. that or whatever it was, <laughs> yeah. but it's funny because I'm on the other side. There are times that I make things and you know, things with our life or things that we do. And I could watch it a million yeah. and I just cry and cry or smile yeah. and smile. And I think, Oh my, I almost missed, missed that. Mm. And that's my favorite thing. It's like when yeah. you do something, when you've made something, you've created, you've written something yeah. that you're really, really proud of, it doesn't, you actually don't need the editor to let you know right. it's okay. Yeah. You know it's okay. Yeah. It's just a matter of time before the world finds it. Or yeah. even if they don't find it, you'll find it again and you'll yes. see how special it is. And do it for you. Yeah. And that feels, you. that's the best feeling. Yeah. If you do yeah. it for you. Yeah. It'll be great for them. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I like that. (laughs) All right. Thank you again, Roy. Yeah, thank you.